Money Pit is presented by Bonide and Home Advisor. Now, here are Tom and Leslie. Coast to coast and floorboards to shingles, this is the Money Pit. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. And what are you doing this beautiful spring weekend? If you're working on your house, you're in exactly the right place. Or even if you're thinking about a home improvement project, you're still in the right place. We would love to chat with you about what's going on in your Money Pit. If you are fixing up your inside, your outside, building a deck, building a patio, painting a room, improving your kitchen, your bathroom, you name it. Give us a call because we're here to help you talk through those jobs, give you some tips and ideas to make them quicker, more effective. And if it's a repair, we'll tell you how to do it once, do it right, and not have to do it again. But you must help yourself first by posting that question to the community page at moneypit.com or by calling in right now to one eight 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 money pit Coming up on this episode, buying green. It's all the rage today, right? But did you ever wonder what makes a product truly green? I mean, there are actually a lot of factors and unfortunately just as many false claims of greenness. So we're going to help sort out those environmental details for you just ahead. And speaking of green, you know, there's one kind of green that we all really want to avoid these days, and that's weeds. We're going to tell you the one thing to do right now that will help you get a weed-free lawn all summer long. And when it comes to spring cleaning, one thing that often gets ignored are the shades. That's because today's cellular or pleated shades are really delicate. So we're going to tell you how you can clean those without damaging them in just a bit. But first, we want to hear about your next home improvement adventure. Give us a call right now. Tell us what you're planning. 1-888-MONEYPIT, 888-666-3974. Karen in Pennsylvania is dealing with some mold in the basement. Tell us what's going on. Uh, my mom has a house that the basement is um, we put it up for sale and nobody noticed this. And one person came in and tore wallpaper off the wall, and we noticed that it had mold from the floor to the ceiling um, and even in the inner walls. So I had a gentleman come and look at it, and he said it would take $30,000 plus. And he would come in, remove all the interior walls, all the wood, the paneling, everything off the wall, down to the bare. He would have a chemical put on, clean it, um, and then it would never come back. And then the second guy came in, and he said he would rip everything out, as, as he said. He would coat it, clean it, um, and guarantee it that if it did come back, he'd fix it for $10,000. Yeah, I don't think you need either of these guys. You don't have enough information yet, and I don't think you're talking to the right people. I doubt either of them are or professional road mold mitigators, it sounds to me like they're just trying to size you up for as much money as they can get from you. The first thing you want to do is test the mold and figure out what kind of mold it is. And that's that's done. There's a pretty, couple of easy ways to do that. But basically, you take a sample uh, and you send it out to a lab and they tell you what you got. And then you can kind of design a mitigation plan around that. Um, you know, I need to get a sense as to how much mold is there. But if it's just a little bit of mold behind the behind the uh, wallpaper, you know, you may not need to pull all this out. You might be able to treat it right in place, but it doesn't sound right. Um, where the bathroom is has an inner wall, and that is halfway down with mold. Okay. How, I mean, how much mold are we talking about here, square footage-wise? 
Is it like a four by four foot by four foot space? or We're going to take all the outer walls because uh, we since went around and pulled off some wallpaper here and uh, moved some um, paneling. And we also, the first guy that came in for $30,000 brought in a light. And it, to me, it looked like a black light. But he brought the light in. That was a special light. And it can tell what type mold it was and where the mold was. That is completely wrong. Do not call that guy back. It is completely wrong. Okay, that guy was was uh, not giving you accurate information. He comes in with his magic light that supposedly tells mold. Yeah, they can't actually tell you what kind of mold unless they do a chemical test on a physical sample. Well, it's a mold okay. test. They send it out to a lab and they read it. So right. that guy's a snake oil salesman. Right, but I mean, it's actually holding a piece of that mold and testing it with certain things, and that's done by a lab. It sounds like you could use a basement renovation, but I wouldn't. You know, I wouldn't get too crazy over it. Um, if it's done by the right kind of company, they can take that apart very carefully and dispose of all of that material. And maybe you don't even want to put the walls back. Maybe you just want to leave it unfinished. Oh, good. All right. Well, good luck with that project. Thanks so much for calling us at 888 Money Pit. James in Delaware, you've got the Money Pit. How can we help you today? The other day, I was uh, sitting in my living room, and all of a sudden, there, this real loud, like whistle sound, came out of my uh, water heater, heater room. I opened it up. I just never heard this before. And it, it did this for a few minutes, and then it just stopped. You didn't see any water come out of the overflow, did you? No. No, that's what I can't figure out. How old is the water heater, James? About four or five years ago, I put in all electric. That was gas before, but all electric. I put a train heater in, and there was another brand that they put in with the water heater. And it seems like now I never haven't heard that since. Now, when I use the water the faucet in the, in, the, in the kitchen. But I, after I turn it off a couple of minutes later, I hear this noise, this like uh, clicking noise or something or something in the, uh, uh, in the water heater. So that clicking noise is probably the pipes expanding and contracting as they heat up and cool down. That's And it tends to uh, amplify itself because of the, the nature of the copper pipes. But everything that you're telling me doesn't signal that, that I'm, I'm thinking you have any kind of problems. Just sometimes as the water expands and contracts, it will make some odd noises to it. Do I have to drain the heater at all? Or? If, do you have hard water there? Oh, yeah. So if you have hard water, sometimes you get mineral deposits along, along the uh, bottom of the water heater. But that wouldn't really impact the electric water heater because the coils are up in the middle of the water. They're immersed right into the middle of the tank, so it's not going to make them less efficient. So you could, but I don't think it will have any effect. If you have a gas water heater, the heating element's at the bottom, and sometimes if you get mineral deposits that sit over the bottom of the water tank, it's kind of like an insulator, and it makes it harder to heat the water. But in the case of uh, electric water here, the the heating elements are embedded up in the water heater, usually a foot from the bottom and a foot down from the top. So that wouldn't affect it. Well, I thought, is, isn't there one in the top and the bottom? Yes, but it's it's immersed in the middle of the tank. It's like sticks through the tank kind of at a right angle. And there's one about a foot down from the top and one that's about a foot up from the bottom. So you're not going to have any settling of, of uh, mineral salt deposits on it. What's the life expectancy of one of these things? About 10 years. 10 to 12 years. 10 years, and that's it. And what, I guess the elements go usually? Well, if the elements go, they can be replaced, but the, the tanks tend to leak after 10-plus years. Wow. Now, where should I keep an eye on? Where does it... Uh, they leak in the bottom? They just leak water all over the place? The best thing to do is if you're if you're going away, right, you should always turn off your main water valve and also turn off the water heater 
because it won't it won't waste a lot of electricity by heating up water in a house that you're not using. Let me tell you something. I, I love you guys. You guys uh, uh, have a really very wholesome, you know, a great show because you know, there's a lot of talk shows on a different things, but you guys help a lot of people. We try. Thank you so much, James. We really appreciate that. Good luck with the project, and thanks so much for calling us at 888 Money Pit. You are tuned to the Money Pit on air and online at moneypit.com. Call in your home repair or home improvement question 24 hours a day, seven days a week at 1-888-MONEY-PIT, presented by Home Advisor. 888-666-3974. Just ahead, buying green products is a smart thing to do, but did you ever wonder what makes a product truly green? There's actually a lot of factors and just as many false claims of greenness. We'll help you sort it out after this. You live in a money pit. Did you know that Americans take 20,000 breaths a day and spend an average of 90% of their time indoors? That's right. And according to the EPA, the level of indoor air pollutants can be two to five times higher than outdoor air and occasionally more than 100 times higher. Plus, every spring we get sucked with allergens too. Well, Air Doctor is an air purifier that filters out dangerous contaminants like pollen, pet dander, dust mites, and mold. Their Ultra HEPA filter has been independently tested to remove 99.99% of tested allergens, including bacteria and viruses. That's impressive. Now, Air Doctor also comes with a 30-day money-back guarantee. So if you don't love it, just send it back for a refund minus the shipping. And they're offering a special discount to Money Pit listeners. Just head to airdoctorpro.com and use promo code MONEYPIT, and you'll receive up to $300 off air purifiers. Exclusive to podcast customers, you'll also receive a free three-year warranty on any unit, which is an additional $84 value. Lock this special offer in right now by going to A-I-R-D-O-C-T-O-R-Pro.com and use promo code MONEYPIT. That's airdoctorpro.com, promo code MONEYPIT. The Money Pit is presented by ADT. Introducing ATD Go, the new family mobile safety app and service. Get ATD Go with 24-7 emergency response and any ATD security system. Go to ATD.com to learn more today. With 36-month monitoring contract, early termination and installation fees apply. Certain markets excluded. Licenses available at ADT.com. Where home solutions live, this is The Money Pit. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. Pick up the phone. Give us a call right now. We would love to talk with you. The number is 1-888-MONEY-PIT, presented by Home advisor.com they make it fast and easy to find top-rated home pros plus it's 100 free to use all right we've got ted on the line who's noticing a musty smell in the basement what's going on i have a finished basement that's carpeted and i live in a townhome and i just it has a musty smell and i can't get rid of it no matter what i do um is the basement uh, heated and cooled it is yes i actually have the heat turned on down there now and i usually turn the air on in the uh summertime and on nice days i open the windows and let the windows stay open all day long do you have a dehumidifier i do not well generally when you get a musty smell it's because of moisture and sometimes the moisture settles into carpet and furnishings and can exacerbate it but if you reduce the moisture and the humidity that will sometimes improve it so in a basement you could do that with something called a whole house dehumidifier which is actually something that can be added onto the hvac system and it will take out 
uh, these whole house dehumidifiers, dehumidifiers can take out like uh, like hundred points, hundred pints of water a day. They work really, really efficiently, and it's not the kind of thing where you have to dump it or anything like that. It just goes to a, a, a pump and gets pumped right outside. The other thing that you can do is to improve the drainage conditions outside your house because, believe it or not, if you extend gutters away from the house, if you slope soil away from the house, there's a lot less water that collects at the foundation perimeter and ends up getting into your house and raising that humidity level. If you manage the moisture at the foundation perimeter and add a dehumidifier, you'll find that it goes a long way towards reducing that amount of humidity. And then finally, I would check the HVAC system to make sure you have a good quality return vent in the basement because... You don't just want supplies, you want returns too, so it pulls that moist air back into the system. And as it goes through the system and heats up or goes across the air conditioning coil and condenses, you'll be pulling more moisture out that way as well. Okay? Okay, great. I'll give it a shot. All right, Ted, thanks so much for calling us at 888 Money Pit. Janet in South Carolina is working on a kitchen makeover. How can we help you? I have a kitchen. It's not a very large kitchen, but the walls have been painted numerous times and not, not the best paint jobs. So I've decided to possibly add some type of wood uh, to kind of give it a rustic feel because I really like that uh, on the entire, you know, walls of the kitchen. And I was wondering, could you suggest to me uh, something I could use? Um, I've had people suggest beadboard, the wainscot type board, uh, could you suggest to me something to use on my walls to give it that rustic look? Let's talk about your style of rustic because there's so many different ways to interpret that. And beadboard's, you know, a great way to do a really classic, more country look, especially if you paint it like a white gloss. That just tends to be really clean. But if you're looking for more something, you know, something more natural or like an agey piece of wood, there's ways to do that too. That's it. I want to go with a light natural looking wood not too light because my cabinets are the lighter color of wood well what you can do is you can actually get and this would have a nice finish to it you can look at flooring wood plank flooring and you can get one that has sort of a white rustic beachy wash to it and you can even go with a vinyl flooring because that's going to be super easy to install. And you can install the planks directly to your wall. And you can do that with an adhesive. You can do that with a double-sided tape. There's so many different ways you can attach it to the wall depending on the weight of the product itself. And that, you know, if you put that on with the planks running vertically or horizontally, that can give a different kind of rustic look in comparison to the beadboard. Now, it seems to me like you want to go floor to ceiling with this. Is this correct? That's right. I do. Now, I do have cabinets that do not go all the way up to the ceiling. Well, I think that's okay, you know, because you're generally dealing with maybe a foot to 18 inches of space up there. And that's really not terrible. I mean, you can keep that as a painted surface and just, you know, decorate up there with some very clean baskets or something just to give you a little bit of extra storage plus to mask that space a little bit. But I think the beadboard is an excellent idea. And that's a very easy do-it-yourself project. Using a wood flooring product, whether it's vinyl or actual wood, there's a company, Tom, is it Timber Chic? Yes. Mm -hmm. That's right. I think is the name. And they do actual pieces of reclaimed lumber, almost like a veneer, and that you can attach to the walls. But I've done it with that VCR, that vinyl tile that looks like a wood plank. I've done that for an HGTV show in a variety of different finishes, horizontally on the wall, and that gives a great rustic look. So it depends on what your interpretation of rustic is. Okay. Okay. 
Uh, would you suggest now, would you suggest to put it over the cabinets also, or, or you, you stated to possibly leave it just painted, or could I cover that also? I mean, you can if you feel confident. You know, if you're using a wood flooring planking product, you're probably going to get, you know, two or three pieces in there without having to do any cuts. If you're doing a beadboard, that's something you're going to have to cut down to that exact height and put up there. It depends on how much of it you see from the floor and what you feel comfortable with. I think if you're going to do it, do it full out. But if you're not confident in your abilities or it's too high or you don't really see it, then I think there's other ways to mask it with some like decorative accessories. Okay, I understand. Okay, great. Well, thank you for your ideas. You're welcome, Janet. Thanks so much for calling us at 888 Money Pit. Well, green home improvement, let's talk about that. The options seem to be multiplying by the day, but the problem is it's not always clear how much you're actually helping the planet and yourself with the choices you make. True. And just as the terms organic and healthy are finding their way into every corner of your supermarket, building products and fixtures can easily be greenwashed with their true value really hidden behind big prices and those even bigger claims. Now, if you're planning to purchase a home improvement related product and want to ensure that it is environmentally friendly, there are a few things to look at beyond those advertising claims to determine if that product is actually green. So you want to start by considering the basics. Now, the raw materials that go into that product and where they come from. Remember that anything that has to be transported a long, long way brings other precious resources into the equation. Then take a look at the adhesives, the coatings, and the finishes that are used to make that product viable and whether or not the manufacturing process leads to release of harmful substances. Now, next, you want to consider the product's packaging and the likelihood that it will release VOCs, those volatile organic compounds, into your home environment during and after the installation. Now, another factor is the product's afterlife in determining greenness. Just as there are benefits to selecting a product that's made from sustainable materials, you need to know that those ingredients can be recycled, reclaimed, or repurposed when the product's time with you is over. So, I mean, the bottom line is that all good things come to an end. And when that happens, a green one is much preferred. So a few things to think about um, if you're interested in purchasing environmentally friendly green products for your home. Heading on over to Clinton, Texas. How can we help you today? would like some recommendations on a good waterproofing for uh, the capstones on my roof, it's uh, my house is a commercial style building with um, a flat roof, and the parapet has crowned with capstone. And I need to waterproof that. And I have um, an exterior that is ethos, and it needs a good waterproofing. And then part of the home's exterior is also terracotta block. I think the concrete is letting the water soak down into it, and then when it freezes, it shatters. All right. Well, starting with the capstone, okay, at the parapet wall, what you want to use is simply a silicone-based sealer for that since it's a masonry product. So a silicone waterproofing sealer for masonry is what you would use there. Now, the more difficult matter is when you mention that you have EFs, and EFs is exterior insulated foam siding. This is that siding that looks like stucco, but it's not. It's foam. Now, do you happen to live in a home that's masonry, or is it a wood structure? No, it is built all out of these huge concrete blocks that you would normally see in commercial. All right, good, because because if you were living in a wood structure that had that same type of siding, I would say you had a serious problem on your hand because the stuff leaks like a sieve. Um, I 
am not sure what the appropriate coating would be for EFs over a masonry surface, but I know that there's not as much concern about leakage because even if it does get in, it typically gets into the joints, um, that it's going to strike the masonry underneath and not cause rot. The problem with that stuff is when you, when you put it on a wood house, the moisture gets into the sheathing and studs, and it causes decay, which is serious trouble. So I can't help you about that. Now, what was the third part of your question about the cracks? I have some terracotta, some decorative terracotta in the walls around mostly the pool. And, the, um, and that terracotta has a concrete capstone also, but water is seen to getting in, is getting into some of the terracotta, and then when it freezes in the wintertime, breaks the terracotta apart. I wonder if there's ever been a sealer put on that, because if you put the wrong sealer on it, that very condition happens. Um, if you put a, a sealer on that's not vapor permeable, which is a type of sealer, the water gets in, but it doesn't evaporate out. You're never going to completely 100% um, waterproof your, your terracotta block. But if you put the type of sealer on that's vapor permeable, then that allows moisture to evaporate out. So I think that's what you're going to need to do. All right. Okay, Clint? Well, I appreciate your time. Thank you. Thanks so much for calling the Money Pit. Just ahead, speaking of green, there's one kind of green that we all really want to avoid these days, and that is weeds. We're going to tell you the one thing that you should be doing right now that will keep your lawn weed-free all summer after this. Everyone should know that drinking water is important to staying hydrated and healthy. Having safe, clean water is the last thing you want to worry about, but unfortunately, according to extensive research by the Environmental Working Group, three out of four homes in America have harmful contaminants right in its tap water. That's why we are thrilled to be working with AquaTrue. AquaTrue purifiers use a four-stage reverse osmosis purification process, and their countertop purifiers work with no installation or plumbing. It removes 15 times more contaminants than ordinary pitcher filters and is specifically designed to combat chemicals like PFAs in your water supply. And they have water purifiers to fit every type of home, from installation-free countertop purifiers to higher-capacity under-sink options. They even have a Wi-Fi-connected purifier and mineral boost options. And its proprietary purification technology is independently tested by IATMO to NSF and ANSI standards to remove over 80 of the most harmful contaminants, including chlorine, fluoride, arsenic, PFAs known as forever chemicals, nitrate, and many more. I can truly taste the difference when I compare it with my old water filter. AquaTrue saves you money also. Just one set of filters from their classic purifier makes the equivalent of 4,500 bottles of water. That's less than three cents a bottle. Plus, you'll save the environment from tons of plastic waste. AquaTrue comes with a 30-day money-back guarantee and even makes a great gift. And today, Money Pit listeners can receive 20% off any AquaTrue purifier. Just go to aquatrue.com. That's A-Q-U-A-T-R-U.com and enter code MONEYPIT at checkout. That's 20% off any AquaTrue water purifier when you go to aquatrue.com and use promo code M-O-N-E-Y-P-I-T. Money Pit. The Money Pit is presented by Home Advisor. Find trusted home improvement pros for any project at homeadvisor.com. 
Making good homes better. Welcome back to the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. Well, have you ever noticed weeds popping up seemingly overnight from cracks in driveways to sidewalks or between bricks and patios? Or maybe it's not even weeds, but just some unwanted grass that's ruining the look of your walks and driveways and patios. There's an easy and all-natural way to deal with that unwanted greenery. And no, we're not talking about pulling them out by hand. Bonide's Burnout Weed and Grass Killer is an all-natural product that's safe for use around people and pets, and it quickly controls unwanted weeds and grasses. With us to talk about how it works is Jim Wood, an expert with Bonide. Welcome, Jim. Thank you, Tom. Glad to be on your show again. This is uh, one of those things that's pretty annoying to people. You know, they do everything to get their outdoor living spaces looking just right. And, you know, after... A nice rainfall, you go out and, and all of a sudden you see some new greenery sprouting up between the cracks in the sidewalk or the between the brick pavers. Why does that happen? Do the seeds blow around and get stuck in those uh, in those seams and then just sort of take root? Well, that, that they do. They get exposed to the light from the sun and then they'll germinate. And that's when the homeowner will see this new growth, you know, growing in between the spaces of their brick walkway, sidewalk, whatever the case might be. But, yes, they can be also dropped by uh, birds as well as they fly over. So there's a variety of ways that these seeds uh, find themselves in those cracks and crevices, and uh, the right conditions occur, Tom. All of a sudden, you get yourself a new plant growing where you don't want it. You know, if you think about it, the masonry surfaces, the concrete and all that, that's pretty hydroscopic. It's going to hold water, and it'll keep them fed. So they pretty much got all the conditions that they need. Uh, to grow there, just the wrong spot. So that's why you guys developed Burnout. It's a weed and grass killer. So with this product, can you target then just those weeds or those grass areas of grass that you don't want to grow and uh, and basically kill it down to the root? Yes, you can. It's an all-natural weed and grass killer that works very quickly. It works down to uh, cool temperatures such as 40 degrees. Mm-hmm. and it'll eliminate the weed very quickly. The warmer the weather, the faster it works. Okay. Uh, there's times when temperatures are in the 80s. You could apply it on your sidewalk. In a few hours, the weed's dead. It works that quick. Now, once it's dead, is it actually dead through down to the root? Will it re-germinate? Or if it does, it's not the original weed. It's something else that dropped in its place? Well, in most cases, the particular weed that they apply the product to will not come back. However, if it is a fairly well-established weed that they're trying to get rid of, they may need to make two applications. So the first application, Tom, would burn down the top foliage. And if they see new foliage coming, they might want to wait for that just to get a little bit bigger, maybe a couple inches tall, and then make another application. And that usually will knock that weed out. And they can also, if they use the concentrate, they can mix it a little bit stronger in their tank sprayer so they can, you know, take care of that weed in one or two applications. And that's a good trick of the trade. You can always uh, alter the mix just a little bit, like you say. Now, if it's a windy day, um, you have to be careful because you want this weed killer where you want it, but you don't want it to get over in the parts of the lawn where you don't want it, right? That's very true. I would highly recommend anytime you use a weed and grass killer, such as burnout, make sure you try and do it on a uh, non-windy day. You know, I got a trick of the trade for that. I'll just give it to you and give me your professional opinion, see if it works. You know, what I've done is I've taken a, like a one-gallon milk jug and, and cut the bottom out of it, mm-hmm. and then I put it on top of the weed to kind of isolate it and then spray mm-hmm. down through the top of what used to be the, the opening of the milk, 
And this way you, you don't have any that blows off to the side. <laughs> That's an excellent way of controlling the, the, the spray drift. There's no doubt. Uh, I would highly recommend that if there are desirable plants around, that's an excellent way to do that, to minimize any chance of uh, wind drift. Now, you mentioned that this is all natural, so is it a safe product for, for pets, for example? Yes, it is. It's safe for uh, pets and also for people to uh, enter the place where they've sprayed it once the, once the uh, liquid is dry. All right. The product's called Burnout Weed and Grass Killer. It's made by Bonai. Jim Wood, thank you so much for stopping by the Money Pit. Thank you, Tom. Talk to you soon. You can learn more about Burnout on Bonide's website, which is bonide.com, B-O-N-I-D-E.com. Jim Wood from Bonide, thanks so much for stopping by the Money Pit. Well, when it comes to spring cleaning, one thing that often gets ignored are the shades, because today's cellular or pleated shades, they're pretty delicate. We're going to have some tips on how to keep those shades clean without damaging them next. You live in a Money Pit. The Money Pit is presented by Home Advisor. Find trusted home improvement pros for any project at homeadvisor.com. Making good homes better, this is The Money Pit. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. Post your home improvement question to us at moneypit.com or call right now at 888-MONEYPIT, 888-666-3974. Presented by Home Advisor. They make it fast and easy to find top-rated home pros you can trust for any home project. Beverly in Missouri, you've got the money pit. What can we do for you today? Well, I have a house. It's uh, just been built a year and a half ago, but um, I have a covered patio, and my builder put cedar posts up there. The rest of my trim is all white. So I wanted to cover or paint the cedar, but he's telling me I can't do it because I'll rot them out. And I, that doesn't sound right to me, but I, <laughs> I'm not sure. So what would you, in a perfect world, Beverly, what would you like to see in those cedar posts? Would you like them to be white and match the rest of the house? Yeah, all of my trim is white, and so I would rather them be white. They're, they're a year and a whole half old now, so they're starting to turn the cedar look and get all dark. Right. Are they, are they kind of decorative? No. <laughs> okay. So here's what I would do. Um, the first thing, I would, I'm going to recommend a staining process. So the first thing you're going to do is prime them um, with an oil-based primer or a solvent-based primer. And then you're going to stain them. And I would use a solid color stain. And a solid color stain is not going to look like paint, so it won't tend to peel. It'll fade over, over time, but it'll soak in really nicely. And you can get a white stain, a solid white stain. And, and it'll look quite attractive. Painting wood does not cause it to rot. It prevents it from rotting. It just requires a lot of repainting. Yeah. I mean, he said if I covered it or painted them, that it causes the moisture to, to pull to the base and then they rot. I would disagree with that. I, I think if you stain them, you'll find that they're quite attractive and that the moisture will work in and out just fine. Good. Thank you so much. Well, when it comes to spring cleaning, one thing that often gets ignored are the shades. And that's because... Today's cellular or pleated shades are really delicate. 
but there is a way to clean them without causing any damage. Yeah, first of all, a good dusting with a vacuum cleaner is usually all those pleated or cellular shades need. Now, it's easier to remove the shades and lay them fully extended on a clean bed sheet spread out on the floor or on a table. Now, if you do leave them up, use your vacuum's extension wand. Either way, lower that vacuum suction if possible. Most vacuums have a port on the extension that can be opened up, and that's going to reduce the suction at the end of the brush. You want to be super careful with these shades. I'm so glad you just explained that because I've seen those ports on vacuums before and I'm like, why would you ever want to have like less suction with your vacuum? Now I know what it's for. <laughs> it's well, for shades. Well, and there's other things too, like delicate fabrics. If you're doing an upholstered piece, sometimes you just have to be careful with the vacuum. Now for the pleated shades, you want to use that soft dusting brush and go side to side along the honeycomb channels. For Roman shades with the soft folds, you want to pop on the upholstery tool and clean from the top to the bottom, then flip the shade over and repeat. Don't ignore the fabric stuff in the house, guys. And for blinds to keep them working smoothly, you want to just vacuum away the dust that's inside that open top headrail because that's where all the operation happens. That's where the gears are. And then just spot clean stains by dabbing the smudges with a, with a cloth, maybe dip in some mild soapy water and rinse them and then blot them. And there you go. You've got all of your window coverings clean and fresh for the spring season. Mark in Illinois is on the line with a foundation question. What's going on at your money pit? I have a 10-year-old house that, um, uh, as with a lot of houses, the um, ground around the foundation is settling, and I need to put some fill in to keep the uh, rain from, uh, or to, to drain the rain away from the house. Okay. And I was wondering if there's a... A uh, particular t type of mixture of soil to use to do that. Uh. Yeah, it's called clean fill dirt. Basically, it's not rich like topsoil with a lot of organic material in it. It's very compactable. I always think it looks kind of like the pitcher's mound. It has that sort of medium brown color to it, and you can really pack it down well. So what you want to do is to sort of rake back some of the topsoil that's there, add the clean fill dirt, establish slope with that, and if you want to prevent moisture problems, then I would slope it about 10% or about 6 inches over 4 feet, a 6-inch drop over 4 feet. Then on top of that, you can add topsoil and replant the grass or add mulch or whatever other ground cover. But clean fill dirt is all you need, Mark. And I would be careful when buying this um, from the the uh, from the gravel yard, whoever's selling it, to make sure it doesn't have glass in it. Ask about that. Make sure it's really clean because sometimes when you buy fill dirt, it has broken glass in it, and you don't want that to happen. All right. How far out from the foundation should you fill? Well, you want to have that first four to six feet be sloping away, and then after that, it can have a gentle slope after that. Okay. And, and just as important since we're talking about drainage issues is to make sure your gutters are clean and your downspouts are, are significantly extended away. A lot of times these gutter installers like to just turn them out about two feet at the bottom. You want it to go out four to six feet. Oh, okay. All right. All right. Well, thank you. I appreciate it. You're welcome. Good luck with that project. Thanks so much for calling us at 888 Money Pit. Lisa from Delaware is on the line with a chimney question. Lisa, what can we do for you today? I have two chimneys. One is a uh, brick chimney and the other one was a stucco chimney. I recently had them both repaired. The, the brick chimney needed to be uh, repointed, and uh, above the brick chimney, underneath the uh, stainless steel cap, I guess, I don't know if it's cement or mortar, but that was all cracked. And in the winter, um, the ice would form between the cracks. Mm -hmm. So anyway, I had that repaired, 
the other chimney that was stucco had a hairline crack in it, and they suggested restuccoing the chimney and uh, stippling it, which is like a popcorn ceiling type of an effect. Right. Mm -hmm. So all that was done. Now uh, they told me, wait about six months, and then I should have it sealed to protect it. Now, it's $75 a chimney to get it sealed. So what they're talking about is a masonry sealer, and you probably don't need this. It's not like you need it to protect it. Usually you put sealers on if you're concerned about leaks. But um, if you are going to put a sealer on it, they're silicone-based, and you have to make sure that you use one that's vapor permeable. Some of the older sealers, sealer products out there are not vapor permeable, and that means that moisture gets in, it gets trapped under the surface of the concrete, and then it'll freeze and spall or crack. And that could actually accelerate the deterioration of the, sink, of, the, of, the, um, of, the, of the chimney itself. So if you use a good quality silicone sealer that's vapor permeable, it can um, slow the absorption of moisture into the chimney. But I'm just not sure you need it. The kinds of things that you're talking about doing, except for the total restuccoing of the chimney, I don't know if I would have gone that far just to repair a crack. But the other things that you're talking about are all entirely expected. You know, having to repoint some mortar, having to repair a cracked uh, chimney uh, cap, a concrete cap around the chimney. Those are all normal. I don't necessarily think that putting a sealer on is going to have that much of a major effect of slowing down any further uh, deterioration. I think it's just sort of wear and tear. Okay. And if, so if it's not vapor permeable, it could even harm it. That's correct. Exactly right, Lisa. So I, I, should, I should ask the mason then if it's, you know, but he could tell me anything. He could say, yeah, it is. Well, it's very easy. Find out what product he's using and go look up the product online and read about it. But you're saying really it's, it's probably not worth it. I don't, know it's whole, I don't know that it's totally necessary. Unless the chimneys are leaking, I probably wouldn't do it. Okay. Thank you very much. All right. Good luck with that project. Thanks so much for calling us at 888 Money Pit. Coming up, learn the one thing that you should do after you buy a house, but before you move anything in. We'll tell you what that is after this. You live in a money pit. Pit is presented by Bonite. Got lawn weeds? Get Bonite's Weed Beater Ultra, the ultimate in lawn weed control. Kills over 200 lawn weeds down to the roots. Bonite products are family made in America and available at a retailer near you or visit Bonite.com. Making good homes better, this is The Money Pit. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. Give us a call with your next home improvement adventure at The Money Pit's listener line at one money pit presented by Home Advisor. You can get matched with background-checked home service pros in your area, compare prices, read verified reviews, and book appointments online all for free. No matter the type of job, Home Advisor makes it fast and easy to hire a pro you can trust. All right. And speaking of pros, post your question in the community section and two pros right now will answer them. Jim writes, hi, Tom and Leslie. What kind of floor wax sealer should I use on the new stick-on vinyl floor tiles I laid down recently? Do you have to wax a vinyl floor? I've never heard of this. I don't think the new ones, you really have to wax them. I mean, and and I'm not sure it would even work well. It's not like the old ones um, where you had to wax it. And I remember growing up with the wax, the machine, the buffing machine, all that kind of stuff. Now, I don't think so. Um, I, listen, I would just tell you, since it's new, Jim, to make sure you uh, check what the manufacturer's recommendations are for maintenance. Because if you use the wrong product, 
it can remove that vinyl shine or it could actually make your floor look cloudy and nasty and you won't be happy. So since it's new, make sure you always go with the manufacturer's instructions for maintenance and wax may not be needed. And you know what? It could also get rid of any sort of warranty or guarantee on the floor yeah, if you put point. the wrong thing on. So make sure you do the right thing. All right. Yep. Lori writes, what's the best DIY way to remove an iron railing from cement and reinstall it? Well, you got two options, but but neither is real DIY friendly. They both require some skills and experience to accomplish. I mean, the best way to remove and replace that railing is to do so in a way that was initially installed. And generally, those railings are not welded in place. So if the post is set in concrete, you'll have to drill around that with a masonry drill to, to clear out some of that setting material. That'll loosen the rail and you can pull it out. But then that masonry needs to be repaired by a pro. And if that's not possible, you may need to sort of strategically cut that railing itself and then weld um, a repair piece on again. So, again, it's kind of a job for a pro with those old iron railings. Yeah, and if you're going to replace it with a new one, it's got to be made to those exact dimensions. So a lot to think about there. Well, spring and summer are peak season for real estate sales. And if you're the owner of a home that's new or new to you, it's tempting to move in now and paint later. But painting before you move in, well, that's definitely the best bet. Leslie tells you why in this week's edition of Leslie's Last Word. Leslie? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I get it. You know, after months of dreaming about your new home, it's finally yours and you want nothing more than to move your things inside. But before you schedule those movers, consider these reasons to start with a few coats of paint instead. Now, the simplest reason Interior painting is a lot simpler when you can move freely in an empty space. Painting first is also going to save time. Your painting project truly is just going to take a lot longer if you've got to cover and uncover furniture and remove and rehang artwork. It also saves a lot of money. Now, if you're working with a professional painting contractor, they're going to finish much faster in an empty space, which will keep dollars in your pocket. And let's face it, guys, you just bought a house. You want to keep those dollars in your pocket. Now, painting first also simplifies your interior decorating. If you're designing a space from scratch, starting with a fresh color scheme is going to help drive other decisions, and then you'll end up with a picture-perfect result. And finally, it just feels good. You know, there's nothing like a new coat of paint to make a home seem cleaner, fresher, more welcoming, and most importantly, more yours. Use a top-quality 100% acrylic latex paint, and you will get a stain-resistant finish that'll look new for years to come. And if you've got the budget while you're at it when nothing's in there, refinish the floors if they need it. Just saying. Yeah, Another absolutely. Tip. <laughs> Smart to do it now. Well, coming up next time on The Money Pit, we've all heard the horror stories of deck collapses, but a good deck checkup is going to tell you if you've got anything to worry about. We'll have those tips on the very next edition of The Money Pit. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. Remember, you can do it yourself. But you don't have to do it alone. You live in a money pit.